0: Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks as ever to Rehoy and Sun for their support of the show. Coming up this week, we'll look ahead to a momentous occasion for women's football in the island as Guernsey FC women prepare for their first competitive outing on Friday.
1: Obviously really excited. It's our first game for Guernsey Women's FC and it's been a long time since played a competitive game, like an away game, knockout match. Under the lights, I haven't had an evening game in such a long time. So yeah, a little nervous, but really excited. A full interview with their newly named captain
0: Candy Spugle and Lindsay Stanton to come. Plus, we'll round up a busy week of cup football as Sylvan's produce the result of the round in the Jeremy Cup. My name is Tony Kerr, and with me uh, this week is Gareth the Prevost. Hi, Tony. Good to see you, Gareth. Uh, lots to get into um, this week. Uh, well, particularly from the weekend, it was a sort of busy um, cup weekend. There was GFA Cup action as well. Um, but let's start with uh, with Sylvan's. It was the result of the weekend as far as Guernsey was concerned. A four two win for them at home against Grooville um yeah a, a standout uh, scoreline for sure
2: yeah definitely It's a, a great result for the Westerners down at uh, St Peter's they've been going well so far this season and um uh new coach John Colonet's just taken over the helm there and he's now two from two so a great start for him it was a really good result um Simon Arnold scored a hat-trick for them he, he's uh, a, a very um, decent player as he's shown um over the last couple of years and uh, Tiago Rodriguez um, also got on the score sheet there so it's uh, great to see um, two Guernsey sides get through to the semi-finals and and they're the ones who've actually got through sort of uh, by right so to speak um, I'm not um, I don't think North were overly happy to get a walkover over in, in the quarterfinals but um, they have and they're through to the semis as well so it's good to see
0: two Guernsey sides make the last four yeah helps does there's it it's <laughs> nice To look forward to there um, yeah fantastic result for Sylvans we will be uh, hearing much more um, from them in the next couple of weeks here on the uh, Guernsey Press Football Podcast why is that then Ted? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I might be been accosted in the swan on Saturday night um, but no uh, we, we do need to check in on Sylvans and we will be doing that uh, in the next couple of weeks I guess it's a reflection of um, where we thought the storylines would be this weekend that, um, that you were at Velrec against St Peter well it's um, more of a
2: reflection that that was the Sunday game well <laughs> there we go
0: yeah true you were at the rugby on Saturday uh, Jim Fowler, the Ravers Ultra was, was of course at Portsmouth to see them um, take on St Clement um, but let's talk about what happened at uh, Corbett Field because yeah it was a big test for Velrek against St Peter who were the uh, the dominant force in challenge football last season of course um, and they started well but uh, yeah. St Peter showed their strength in the end.
2: Yeah, I thought Valrec gave a good account of themselves, to be honest. They went into the game fully acknowledging that they would be underdogs despite being at home. Um, St Peter were were excellent last season, they ended up as Channel Island champions and, and on this occasion, yeah, I mean, Valrec got off to probably the best start they could do. They scored a terrific team goal um, in the sixth minute, um, just a really neat interchange of passes, sort of one-touch one passes and um, uh, ended up with uh, Marlon Jardine slipping the ball square to Louis Travis who had the easiest of finishes from only a few yards out but it was a really well worked goal um, and then it was it's sort of pretty much as you'd expect after that uh, St Peter dominated possession um, they put on a lot of pressure on the Valric, um defence but um, Mark Rommel sort of very sensibly I suppose set up in such a way that they, they were always going to have men behind the ball um, and looked to counter-attack and having had that start it sort of helped out in that And I thought they'd weathered the storm. They did really well because they they came under quite a a lot of pressure sort of immediately after that goal, um, right up till the drinks break. It sort of showed how how warm it was at the Corbett Field on Sunday, that they were having drinks breaks midway through each half. Um, And they sort of weathered that storm. Uh, There was a couple of really good chances missed by St Peter Um, on another day. They could have been two or three um, goals up uh, by sort of like that drinks break. But they got through that, and then uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate that uh, there was a, a a goalkeeping error that uh, allowed the equaliser, uh, a volley from uh, Shawnee McColgan from the edge of the box, just managed to find its way through Christian Povell, with um, with sort of everyone almost turning around expecting the saves to be made. It's just one of those unfortunate things. Um, he, he he did go on to make a couple of good saves in the second half, so it does sort of even itself out. But at that time, it was obviously such a shame. That they um, that their lead had slipped before half time. Um, but yeah, after the break, it was probably it was a bit more of the same. Um, St Peter having a lot more of the ball and sort of the territorial advantage but um there was occasionally the the uh, threat posed on the break by Velreck. um Jacob marston Pipe tested uh Piers Roach in the um St Peter's goal on one in the St Peter's goal on one occasion and so it was sort of hanging in the balance but eventually class told and uh, St Peter they, they got their second goal. It was basically made by um, Sam Luce, who was outstanding at left back. I thought he had a really good game. He's, he's I've seen him a couple of times now at the corporate field and he, he always catches the eye. Apparently he's been having injury trouble, so um, it was good to see him back um, playing like that. Um, but it was uh, Harrison Moon who actually finished off that goal and then they scored two goals in injury time which really sort of like it, it seemed really harsh on Rec yes St Peter were very much deserved winners but 4-1 doesn't quite give a fair reflection on, on, on the game as a whole
0: um, Yeah and I think for rec you know obviously top of the Prio early doors um, just three games um, in um, yeah so sort of taking on as we say such a strong force in St Peter it would have been um, perhaps a shock if they'd come away with the win um, but a, a good showing nonetheless let's hear what the two coaches had to make of it St Peter's Elliot Powell and first uh, rec boss Mark Romwell
2: the 4-1-2-1 makes it look Sort of very harsh on your guys because you, you sort of um, gave them a, a really good account of yourselves.
3: Yeah, a little. I mean, it's always disappointing. You know, we were in the game for, you know, best part of, you know, well, you know, 90 minutes really. They scored a couple of goals right at the end and it sort of tarnishes the on a little, doesn't it? But we were tiring by then and, uh, yeah, there's a good side on there. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure. the, it's, you can't make mistakes and we just made, you know, the first and second goals, mistakes. It's really disappointing, I suppose. That's the, that's, the, that's the really irritating part about it. But look, the boys gave a great account of themselves, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they were fantastic, really. So, I've got no complaints about that. Yeah. Came out with a bit of different formation to what we've seen so far this season. I mean, was that yeah. very specific for this game. Well it was, I mean, you got to respect who you're up against, right? So we went to the five at the back. Um, you know, we did a little bit of homework, the best we could, and we realised that you know we had to try to do our best to double up on their players. You know, we didn't want to get in too many one-on-one positions, so we changed to a five, which is not something we really do. Um, we changed it a bit second half. Obviously, when as soon as the goal went in, we went back to you know it took a player out of the back, so we tried to get back into it. So uh, yeah, it was very deliberate. You got to respect what you're up against, haven't you? so. Absolutely, yeah, um, and
2: it was great goal to give you that
3: early lead as well. It's a great goal, yeah. No, what a brilliant goal that was. I mean, you know, I, loads of positives to take from it really, and the goal being one of them was, just, you know, again the front free, um, you know, interchanged a few passes and to walk a ball in the net against uh, a team like this. Um, yeah, that's, that takes some doing. So, really, that was pleasing for sure. Yeah, great goal.
2: Uh, well done on the win, but Thanks. 4-1 makes it look perhaps a bit more comfortable than it than it really was. Um,
4: yeah, I think maybe in terms of when we've scored the second, third and fourth. Um, but I, I did think it was quite a comfortable afternoon. I didn't feel overly threatened, we're really disappointed with the goal we've given away. We've we've built solid foundations over the last couple of years and that's just so basic. Um we know we spoke about wanting to go forward in the first ten minutes and with launching balls across our box and then giving it away cheaply in, in wide areas. And, and to be fair to, to Rec, they took the goal really, really well. Um but after that I'm not sure how much Pearson had to do, a couple of saves here and there. Um but yeah so Late goals maybe, maybe flattered us a little bit, but I did
2: think we dominated from start to finish. Well, yeah, I mean, for sure. You you were, um, I mean, possession-wise, probably about 80%, I would have thought. Yep. Um, in terms of that, were you, were you sort of like, did you feel pretty confident that it was come in normal time? Um, yeah, you always feel like, oh, it could be one of those days.
4: <laughs> I thought we were a little bit casual, a little bit pedestrian in possession at times, uh, but we definitely picked it up in the second half, and I think, you know, the, the rec lads, we knew they were going to tire. It is something we speak about against every Guernsey side that we think they're going to tire in the last kind of 70... 70 minutes onwards and um, and yes certainly I think the thing I did I think the fourth goal summed that up you know one ball in behind and, and our lads just had that little bit more energy to get on the end
2: of it yeah and in terms of I mean you were one all sort of going into probably the last 10 minutes or so um, I thought it was a great break Sam loose was really impressive I thought throughout the game but it, it wasn't a surprise to me that he was involved in the, in the sort of like the decisive goal so to speak
4: yeah I can't praise Sammy highly, highly enough we've just given him man the match there and the huddle at the end and he's He's played I think maybe two or three games of football since March. He's you know, the way he plays, even today he's taken quite a few knocks and, and bangs here and there and he had quite a bad tackle last year on him and then he came back and he, he managed to um, repeat that injury again. So for him to come in first game in I think eight weeks and, and play like that and get through that amount of work on down that left hand
2: side, I thought it was phenomenal. Yeah. And in just in terms of the competition in general, obviously I think you enjoy the interinsular competitions. I mean, nice to face sort of different opposition and, and go as far as you can in this one.
4: Yeah, no, it's always good to come over. Um, we've got quite a good record over here as well. Um, and the summer obviously helped that record too. But uh, really good set up here. I think, you know, pitchers had a lot of work done to it. We were lucky enough to play here first game of the Ireland game. So we knew that it was going to be a decent surface. And credit to Mark as well. Since he's come in from Manza, I think that, you know, the team's come from strength to strength. And you could see that. You can see they're well organised. They've got quality up front. Um you know, they're pretty resolute at the back as well. But I, I just thought the quality showed in the end that we had.
0: Two coaches are speaking to you there, Gareth. Um, let's hear about what happened at uh, um, where Rovers took on St. Clement. Um, it was uh, well, a game that went, well, I was going to say all the way, but went um, to extra time at least. Um, yeah, a bit of a long afternoon um, down at Portswath, And uh, that's where our Hardy reporter, James Faller, um, was uh, there watching and sent us this voice note.
5: Hello, Tony. This is James with some memories of a sun-drenched Saturday at Port Swath. The main one will be that Rovers will be looking, will be kicking themselves, frankly, or at least doing some shooting practice, given they blew a great opportunity to, to bury their inter-island hoodoo on Saturday. St Clement were okay. Rovers were better. Uh, this was a decent game, actually. Not loads of chances, but just enough to keep both sides honest. As time ticks away, it looked like it was just going to be one goal that did it. And it was Carl Hines who broke the deadlock. That is the mystery of this Carl Hines uh, on 79 minutes. What an intriguing player he is. 50 domestic goals last season. Well, frankly, I thought he was pony when he came off the bench in the morassi. But on Saturday, anything that St. Clement did well, he had a part in. But when he wasn't contributing to his team, he was either um, moaning at the referee or moaning at his teammates. You know, and good old-fashioned, serious moaning as well. So anyway, it looked like Rovers were heading out, but they had a serious rally and deserved the equaliser they got when Luke Ogier rose highest in the six-yard box to plant a header home. But that goal was all about James Grundy. He was all energy, all game. Um, despite the heat, it was he who raced after an overhit corner, dragged it back millimetres from the touchline, then beat the defender who'd come to challenge him and then hung up this lovely cross that was just begging to be finished. And Ogier, fair play to him, did what was required. Um... So, you know, that was uh, extra time, which was really the last thing that anybody needed And the, in the October sunshine. And both sides, to be honest, ran out of steam uh, in t- towards the end and were waiting for penalties to happen. When Rovers switched off, didn't deal with a long throw and let it bounce. Adam Bullock took two steps forward to go and claim it. Uh, but the man who was awake to the chance was Carl Hines. What a surprise. Um, and he was he who latched onto the ball, lobbed the advancing keeper, uh, and it nestled in the far corner. Uh, and that was game over. Um, St Clement grabbed a kind of undeserved third to put a bit of gloss on the scoreline. But um, at least it was a competitive Channel Island clash. You know, we've seen too many club games that have been uh, men against boys, frankly. Uh, Rovers were decent across the park. But, you know, rather like every morassi that we tend to see, you know, jerseys come true in the end. And unfortunately, that was the same tale Uh, on Saturday. Frustrating.
0: So, as you say, Gareth, yeah, two Guernsey sides into the semi-finals, um, Sylvan's and, uh, and North um, via walkover. Um and uh, yeah, the two Jersey sides in there, then St. Clement and St. Peter. So we'll uh, we'll see how that shakes down uh, later on. There was um one GFA Cup game as well, um, with North coming back from uh two goals down to beat Rangers 3-2 after extra time. Um so uh yeah, it sounds like quite an exciting game there. And they play once more again on this Friday. <laughs> and, uh, they just they seem to meet
2: each other every week, North and Rangers, and I think Rangers I think a couple of times now have gone two goals up, so
0: they'll just be looking for a way to close out these games. Yep, yeah, Rangers proving tricky opposition. Um, for them at the moment well that's how it played out domestically over the weekend another difficult uh, trip for GFC um, their winless run or their their run of losses now extends to six games and beaten by Thatcham Town away from home so they'll have a big uh, big game at Footstone this weekend uh, against Ashford Town um, to look forward to and and hopefully uh, yeah put that run of results right but uh, yeah it's a very interesting week for Guernsey FC uh, the club as a whole because um, yeah GFC women will have their first outing of their history um the first time that the green lionesses um will take to a field uh, which is an exciting moment for women's football in the island of course coming up next we'll hear from their newly named captain candice bagord alongside lindsay stanton candice lindsay welcome to the pod great to see
6: you
0: thank you um a really exciting week um candice let me come to you first just try and put into context um well i suppose how big a week this is for you guys and, and and just tell us how you're feeling
1: um, obviously really excited it's our first game for Guernsey Women's FC and it's been a long time since played a competitive game like an away game knockout match under the lights haven't, haven't had an evening game in such a long time so yeah a little nervous but really excited
0: yeah what's the atmosphere been like in training Lindsay so far
1: I think everybody's um, really
6: buzzing really looking forward to it um A lot of the girls haven't played too many games, so they're especially excited. And it's just nice to build on the island games and have another opportunity so soon to play. is really good.
0: And for people who don't know much about you guys, um, just give us a bit of a potted history of your your background in football.
1: Um, I've been playing island football since I was 14, because you could be 14 back then to join the seniors. So quite a long time ago, Um, done quite a few island games, a lot of Marathi's And I played back when there were more clubs in Guernsey. I played in England, so
6: I started playing football when I was five. I'm nearly 40 now, so I've been playing a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I played, yeah, I moved here in 2012, I think, when there was eight teams in the league, played for St. Martins and Sylvans and that, and I've done... Few Maratis and two Island Games, but like I said, I was going to retire. But I thought I'd come back and see what this is all about. <laughs> the last hurrah.
0: Because almost every time we've spoken about um, around the women's team in the last, I don't know, year or so you almost have to reference the fact that it has been there's been so many false starts over the years and um, it has been difficult to get any momentum but this year seems so different with the um with Anna and Katie coming in mm-hmm. uh, having the ratty back having the home island games and then straight into this Guernsey FC women's setup um how much did it mean to you to, to have that that momentum behind you
6: It means a lot and um, Anna and Katie mentioned it at training as well that we kind of can't use that as an excuse anymore that we haven't played because now we have. Um, So we've got to go out and show everybody what we can do and yeah, just build on it and yeah.
0: And what do we know about the opposition? Because it's, as you say, it's a cup game, Corinthian casuals. Um, I mean, what, what are you expecting from the evening?
1: We don't really know at all, really, because they're a new team as well. So it's really exciting for both teams going in, not knowing a great deal about each other.
0: And you're going to have the captain's armband on. How much of an honour is it to have been asked to to lead this kind of brand new club, brand new team?
1: Yeah, I feel really honoured, really, really pleased when Anna and Katie asked me. Um, Makes me a little bit more nervous for Friday, but nerves are good sometimes <laughs> <laughs>
0: definitely and just take us through walk us through what it's been like so far because obviously the, yeah, the club was was announced um, uh, then presumably you guys started training what, what what's it been like since then
6: um, well it's It's been really exciting. You can definitely feel the support around Guernsey for everybody. And again, that builds on from the Island Games where we had loads of people watching. And then um, we've done things like go to the GFC game and um, we did the challenge with Rory the Lion and we had a cake sale. It's just things like that where
1: people want us to be there and that feels really good. And they've been asking, when can we come and watch you? We really want a home game so we can get the home support from there.
0: The initial plan for this season was very much sort of filling your way in and 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 trying to have a few games um, where you can get them before perhaps entering a league next year or or soon after. Um, yeah, is that very much the kind of the plan that you guys are on?
1: Yes, yeah, so we got this cup top cup tournament and then hopefully if we get a win on Friday we'll have more games in it. Um, but um, I think there's lots of friendlies kind of being arranged. Hopefully some home ones too. And I think we got a Jersey Cup uh, tournament that we've entered also, maybe March time.
0: Okay, so you've got definitely got something to get your teeth into this year. Um, what's the um, what's the kind of dynamics like in the squad? Um, I know you guys have been around a, a little while, involved in Guernsey football for a little while. I mean, how strong is the setup now?
6: There's a lot of so there's a Friday night um, five-a-side thing. Uh, where if you're interested in football, you can go and play. And that's, I think, starting to bring some people in. So the squad's growing, which is really good. And then we've got some people coming back who used to play. Um, so there's some old faces. Um, and then some younger kids are coming through from the academies who look really, really good. Um, so there's a, a mixture of ages and faces, but and everyone's getting along really well. And so it's really, really good vibe and good for the future because there's a lot of talent in the squad, I think.
0: In terms of the last few years of, of, of women's football in Guernsey, obviously, um, it has been quite unclear in terms of the direction and everything. Uh, I mean, how, yeah, so how pleased are you guys just to see that, that things are now kind of, it seems like everyone's pulling in the same direction, that things are really moving in a, in a positive direction?
6: yeah really pleased like it just sort of seemed to dwindle away so we, we started off with 11 aside and then it went down to nine aside seven and five and like then there was nothing for a period of time so seeing that we've got the academies and we've got two coaches as well that really keen and um to see us progress and having the support of the island it's it's great to see it's on the way up yeah
0: you got a flavor of that at the island games um fantastic crowds for your games at the Corbett Field. Um, was that the kind of was that the moment you realised that there is a lot of support there and that um the, that now is the right time to really kick on?
1: Yeah, definitely. When um, we had the Island Games, I was just amazed by the amount of people that came to watch us because it was a home games. wasn't hadn't experienced that before, and it really got us going and motivated us to play as well as we could do.
0: Yeah, now to have gfc women i mean it's obviously that that, you know against gfc the men's side has had such a big impact on local football for you know over the last 10 years or so um is it nice to be a part of the same club as the the guys
1: yeah definitely they've got a big fan base and hopefully we can use that use that you that's not the right word <laughs> you've had
6: some children asking you for autographs didn't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's cool and um like people are in you get your profile in the programs and um it's it's a bit of fun but it's just really nice to be involved
0: yeah you mentioned the kids coming through um obviously there's been a huge push to to get more girls playing and, and to to you know increase the amount of coaching and everything um it, is that something you really see paying off
6: Yeah, there's some really good players that have um, started training with us. I don't
1: even think they're 16 yet. No, because they they can start training with the senior team when they're 15 and there's some really strong players coming through. And there's lots of opportunities for girls to play football now. Like, daughter there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm taking her to academy training in an hour.
0: (laughs) Oh, fantastic. And then just going back to Friday night, um, Candice, for you, walking out, leading out the side as captain. Um, How do you imagine that's going to feel? It's quite a special moment.
1: Yeah, I got the experience of it in the Island Games um, and that was a little bit surreal. Uh, So mentally preparing myself for Friday. Um, Hopefully there'll be a good crowd of people. They probably won't be supporting us, but it will be good to watch. uh, Hopefully good. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Nerves will definitely be playing part, but yeah, I can't wait counting down the days
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and what about anna and katie um we mentioned them before they've stepped in to yeah to, to kind of well really lead the way um for the women's side of, of things obviously coaching the island games are now taking on the, the jobs here what can you say about the impact they've had uh on you guys recently and and, and how far they can take this sword
6: well i, I think they've had a really big impact because the numbers are really good at training um and hopefully you see that the quality has improved in the matches and hopefully we get a win on Friday and then it shows that even more the impact they've had. It's nice to have two coaches that are so invested, Um, they want the best for us, they put a lot of effort into training, the sessions are always really high quality.
0: What do you think the atmosphere is going to be like on Friday night, what's the kind of the key message in the team talk do you think?
6: The key message will be that we can do it, that we've got to have the confidence and play because we've got some really good footballers. So we need to keep the ball um, and just believe in ourselves. If we get the chance, have a shot.
1: That's yeah, I think it. it is a confidence thing. We haven't got a great deal of experience of winning, um, so we really could do it getting a good, good few wins under our belts.
0: And yeah, you mentioned the obviously the, um, home games. Uh, hopefully, will come sooner rather than later. Um, do you know kind of how soon we'll, will, we can look forward to seeing you guys um, take it to the field?
1: I think we've got. To sorry interrupted i think we've got a few um teams interested in coming over and playing against us um and when we played the Marathi this year at foots lane the atmosphere was great so hopefully we can kind of emulate that
0: yeah we look forward to that occasion for sure but um yeah i mean friday night's going to be pretty special for you guys so um thanks for coming in and telling us all about it and uh yeah best of luck thank you
1: thank you cheers Candice
0: Bugord and Lindsay Stanton speaking to me there um yeah very best of luck to them and the whole squad for that trip to Corinthian Casuals on Friday night um yeah uh, what what experience that is going to be and, and hopefully the start of a bright future for GFC women so we'll be following that one very very closely uh right that is just about it from us Gareth quick word about Mayor Leticia, because she uh, was in action once your Friday night against uh against Arsenal that was a well it was a late sting in the tail um in that one
2: yeah it was a cracking equalizer actually for Arsenal in in injury time there, it finished 2-0. Um, I suppose it speaks volumes for how far Manchester United women have come in a short space of time because they they were quite disappointed to draw with Arsenal and and it was only probably about 12 months ago they would have been absolutely delighted with that result so um, yeah it's great for them but they also um, start their first ever Champions League um, campaign on Tuesday evening Uh, they play Paris Saint-Germain in I think it's qualifying uh, tie so um, yeah good luck to them and hopefully uh, Mayo will shine on that stage as well.
0: Yeah massive couple of games uh, either side of the weekend for her. Um, Right that is it from us um cheers gareth uh i think you're off next week so we'll see you in a couple of weeks time um but we will be back with another against press football podcast uh on monday so um yeah stay tuned for that uh in the meantime do make sure you're following or subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcast to get every episode delivered straight to you um follow us on social media of course at gsy press sport and pick up a paper six days a week for the very best local sports coverage um yeah cheers gareth see you soon cheers tony